I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. We've discussed woke capital on the podcast before with author Stephen Suckup and businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, but now we turn to a related topic, environmental, social, and governance, ESG, investing. ESG strategies adopted by fund managers, perhaps most prominently BlackRock, can place left-of-center social policy goals as equal considerations with investors' returns in their investing decisions. Making matters worse, some state pension funds are following ESG strategies that would leave taxpayers on the hook if trendy liberal activism costs the funds the returns they need to pay their obligations. Other states, most notably West Virginia and Florida, are taking action to prevent their state funds from engaging in ESG investing. Joining me to make sense of it all and to explore what can be done about it is Lee Schalk, Vice President of Policy at the American Legislative Exchange Council. Uh, Lee, before we begin, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you all do over at ALEC? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. ALEC, or the American Legislative Exchange Council, is a membership organization for state legislators and folks in the private sector. We bring together everybody to debate and discuss policy, and we're really guided by our three main principles uh, at ALEC of limited government, free markets, and federalism. ALEC will be celebrating its 50th anniversary next year. We were founded in 1973, uh, and we are the nation's largest nonpartisan voluntary membership organization for state legislators. As I mentioned, we're dedicated to those three guiding principles, and our membership is comprised of nearly a quarter of the nation's state legislators uh, our members represent more than 60 million Americans uh, who provide and provide jobs to more than 30 million people um, in the United States. And as an organization, you know, we're, we're known for a lot of different things. One of them is our original research, our publications. I think our flagship publication is probably Rich States, Poor States this year. We just released our 15th edition of that. So 15 years of comparing state economic policies to see what's working and what's not and ranking each state uh, on their economic outlook and their economic performance. Of course, we also have events throughout the year, issue briefings in state capitals. We just got back from the ALEC annual meeting in Atlanta, Georgia last week, which was just an awesome conference with 1,200 of our best friends from across the nation. And then also, we're known for our model policy, which I think we'll get a little bit more into here today. Right. So let's move on to model policy. I know that a lot of the uh, left-wing, left-progressive criticism of ALEC has focused on model policy. What is model policy, model legislation, uh, and why do ALEC's critics... uh, target it so much. Yeah, well, you know, if you ask USA Today, uh, if you look at this piece that they published, I think it was 2019, they said that Alec had become the nation's best known model bill factory uh, over its time as an organization. And they called these model bills, they called it fill in the blank legislation. But you can go on the Alec website and you can see about a thousand examples of uh, there's a couple different forms that those take on. Sometimes they're 
model resolutions aimed at leaders in Congress, sometimes their statements of principle or their model statutes. And, you know, I think that it's uh, it's been a very useful tool for our members um, to, to find ideas and see what's working. Because I mentioned our annual meeting last week in Atlanta. That's where our members from across the country come and introduce model policies at ALEC. Every model policy is brought to us by a state legislator. Sometimes it could be based on a piece of legislation that they introduced or passed in their state and they want to share it with others, or it could be just an idea that they have um, that they're looking to get introduced and share with others. Now, I mentioned USA Today, that same article they wrote, they did actually a study and they, they found that bills based on ALEC model policies were introduced nearly 2,900 times uh, in all 50 states and the U.S. Congress from 2010 to 2018, with more than 600 of those becoming law. Um, clearly, I think what that, what that says is that ALEC is providing winning policy ideas and, you know, when, when an article like that comes out, I think, you know, the, the, the tone of the article was supposed to be negative, right? Almost like an, a hit piece or an attack piece on Alec. But quite honestly, um, the fundraising letters, the fundraising letters really wrote themselves after <laughs> that analysis was released. And I think that the left, they seem to, to have Alec in the crosshairs. They, they seem to hate Alec a lot of times because our ideas these model policies, all based on the ALEC principles that, that I mentioned, these ideas are winning and they're getting implemented um, in states across the country. Now, the left, of course, you know, they, they claim to hate ALEC. They claim to hate the whole the model policy process at ALEC. But, you know, they've attempted to copy the formula. And the left, I think, is, um, you know, they, they try to implement the same strategies. I just don't think they've been successful at doing so. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so now that we've sort of outlined sort of where Alex sits in the advocacy space, uh, let's move on to ESG. Was my introduction, you know, did it describe ESG more or less accurately? It did. And, you know, to quote Elon Musk, I would say, you know, in his words, he said, ESG is an outrageous scam or Governor DeSantis just a couple of days ago calling it a type of financial fraud. But if you talk to 100 people, you might get 100 different answers on ESG. But, you know, you're spot on. It stands for environmental, social and governance. It's a system of uh, or a way of rating companies based on a lot of non-financial factors. Um, but you could also say that it's, you know, it's really based on politically motivated reasons and it's it's kind of a politically motivated investment scheme it goes back a few decades you know the the terminology that i think they started out with was socially responsible investing but it's kind of morphed over time and merged in ESG and it is a challenging issue because groups with little transparency and accountability they're coming in and giving companies scores uh, or judging how "quote unquote" responsible they are with respect to ESG, but I think for your listeners, what they really should be concerned about is the fact that the progressive left has used ESG principles as a political weapon against anyone who doesn't stand up for their 
Green New Deal agenda broadly uh, and a big government takeover of people's livelihoods. You know, if I guess, if you know, if there was like a more neutral definition of, of ESG, um, you know, there could be some interesting things to, to pull out of that, like best practices um, around governance. But unfortunately, it's really become weaponized by the political left today. Well, and it's not just environmentalism. I mean, I I do some work on labor and you see union pension, union aligned pension funds, especially government worker pension funds, you know, a lot of times that have either union officers who tend to be uh, left-wing activists or elected liberal politicians who take these you know, they'll take ESG stands on labor, on, uh, you know, the uh, labor practices, environmental practices, even sort of beyond climate change. Uh, and, you know, why, why, why is that bad for taxpayers? Well, I, yeah, I think that's a great example, Mike, because the two big problems, and this is really where it gets interesting uh, particularly for Alex state legislators, is that progressives, like you mentioned, they've succeeded in manipulating state pension systems. And we're talking trillions of dollars here, trillions of dollars that are under control of these pension systems. And it's really become a vehicle for imposing a political agenda in two major ways, voting their shares, like you mentioned, uh, but also investing pension funds based on these ESG factors. And you know, I think the most high profile success for them came uh, last summer when Calsters, Calpers, you know, the two two of the biggest pension funds in the country from California, as well as the New York State Common that's, Retirement that's Fund. The, yeah, that's the the California State Teachers Retirement System and the California Public Employees Retirement System, Cal Calsters and Calpers. That's right. That's right. Um, so along with the New York State Common Retirement Fund, they joined three of the world's largest asset managers, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, and they voted to elect clean energy advocates to the board of Exxon, uh, really voting against Exxon's management. And they voted to divert its investments away from oil and gas and towards alternative fuels. So that's, I think, as more people have learned about this, it's a wake-up call. But then the other thing I mentioned, you've got pension fund managers from New York, California, Maryland, even Texas, the Texas, uh, I'm sorry, the teacher's retirement system of Texas. They have declared that they will include environmental and social justice goals in their investment decisions. And so this is a huge risk and a huge problem for taxpayers we at ALEC take a look at the size of unfunded public pension fund liabilities across the country. Every year, we release a report, unaccountable and unaffordable. And what we found this year is that right now in total, there are more than $8 trillion in unfunded liabilities across state pension plans. And when you have... Explain, uh, pl explain, for, explain for our listeners what an unfunded liability is, and then if the unfunded liability is not covered by future investment returns, who is on the hook to pay for it? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Mike, it, it, it 
comes down to states not properly funding properly funding their pension obligations. And these unfunded liabilities are ultimately future tax increases that are looming for taxpayers. It may not be it may not be you and I, but it might be our kids uh, and our grandkids who are ultimately going to be on the hook to pay for this. And you know, I think more and more as we see businesses decide to pick up and move uh, across state lines to new states, this is something that they're starting to, t- to take a closer look at. You know, you want to know how much debt, how much uh, the unfunded pension liability burdens are in a state that you're moving to. Because um, state budgets are going to have to increase, taxes are going to have to increase if states don't get their spending under control. And so it really is a looming problem for taxpayers at the state level. So what have uh, ALEC members, what has, uh, you know, the ALEC research uh, people, uh, what have you all proposed or what have been the debates uh, that you guys have had about how to deal with, with ESG, both in the state pension, uh, certainly in the, in the state pension context, but also sort of in general? Well, our members have watched as states like California for years have divested their pension funds from things like fossil fuels, tobacco, firearms, and then, you know, you see a state like Maine just last year. Maine, according to our report, they've got $26 billion in unfunded liabilities, but they voted last year and their governor signed into law uh, a plan to completely divest all of its assets, all of its holdings as a state, including pension holdings from fossil fuel related companies. You know, I mentioned California. We talked about CalSTRS and CalPERS. Um, they wanted to take things a step further this year and completely uh, divest from fossil fuels and ban all future investment in fossil fuels for those two plans. Luckily, that failed. Uh, Assemblyman Jim Cooper, uh, actually, he was the the assemblyman who was chairing the, uh, the public employee and retirement committee. He stopped it from going forward, but he stated that previous legislative divestment requirements have resulted in long-term negative financial effects on California's pension system. And so in response to seeing this politically motivated investing, uh, really abusing the authority over taxpayer dollars in these pension systems, our members came together earlier this year to propose a model policy that would address it. And that model policy, you can find it on the ALEC website, It's called the State Government Employee Retirement Protection Act. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it's a really important piece of model policy. What it does, in short, is it keeps politics out of pensions. Um, I think another way to put it, it, it really compels state pension fund managers to invest solely according to financial considerations. It also prohibits fund managers from voting the shares owned by the pension fund to further non-pecuniary or non-financial, social, political, ideological, or other goals. And so we think this is a really important piece of model policy. Um, we've gotten a great response from it. And, you know, it's it's the type of thing that Alec has actually been working on for over a decade. You could go back about 10 years 
uh, and we've got a report called Keeping Politics Out of Pensions. So it's something we've been talking about for a long time, but with ESG kind of becoming almost a uh, like a household term in the last six months, I think this has really become an important issue for us and for our state lawmakers. Well, Lee, uh, before we let you go, is there any other work that you would like to promote to our listeners that you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, one thing I, I'd, I'd love to mention here, just it was really exciting to see last week. I don't know if you saw this, Mike, but um, in Florida, I'm sure you did. Florida uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, he proposed legislation that really mirrored a big part of, of this, the ALEC model policy. And it was, you know, it was an awesome press conference talking about how Florida... Um, how the legislation, they hope to bar fund managers uh, with Florida State Board of Administration from investing their retirement money and other assets uh, for ESG purposes and incorporating those ESG factors. And so we are excited to see states follow the ALEC recommendations. And, you know, the bottom line here on all of this, you know, Mike, you and I, we're free to invest our money however we'd like, you know, if, if, Mike, you know, if, if ESG is your thing, hey, enjoy the high fees, the lower returns, knock yourself out. <laughs> but the moment that you're investing these hard-earned dollars of state employees using these factors, you're not only forcing your views on them, but you're costing them retirement savings, uh, not to mention the greater unfunded pension liabilities that will result and become a greater burden on taxpayers in the future. But I do really appreciate you having me on and right, right. Uh, you can find all of this on the ALEC website at ALEC.org. All right. Well, thanks again to Lee Schalk of the American Legislative Exchange Council for joining us. We will link to ALEC's work on environmental social governance investing activism in today's show notes. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.